podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. And we're rolling. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Inside Try Show with me, Helen Murray. This is the weekly podcast bringing you awesome interviews from triathlon and beyond. I've had a two-week break. I am feeling refreshed and I'm super excited to be here and to, yeah, bring you a whole load more interviews this year. And we've got some really good ones actually lined up over the next few weeks, including today's with Adelaide Goodeve to help us work on our mindset and yeah, hopefully get 2021 off to a good positive start. It's certainly full of kind of tools and things like that and strategies that we can all adopt. And I actually finished the interview feeling pretty buzzing and full of positivity. So hopefully you will get some of that as well. So since we last spoke, oh my goodness, it's been mental. We moved house. We actually moved country. So we moved to Wales and then Wales went into lockdown about a day after we moved. So yeah, certainly an interesting way to try to settle into a new place when you can't actually mix with anyone. So Rich and I have been spending a lot of time together, uh, filling skips, cleaning, doing loads of DIY. We had a very sort of muted Christmas celebration, I'd say, with my mum and dad, which was really nice. But aside from that, yeah it's been heads down we've been cracking on with a lot of jobs a lot of cleaning I mean my current outfit as I record this so I haven't actually got my normal setup set up so to speak so the audio might sound a little bit different but anyway I'm surrounded by cushions and kneeling down on a hard floor with a coat in front of me as well to try to muffle a little bit of the sound um but yeah what I'm currently wearing at this precise moment fashion statement or what um so I've got some like long johns <laughs> thermals on I've got some fleecy socks on top of my thermals I've got some paint covered three-quarter length sort of trousery things um I have a, a long sleeve top on under a disgusting t-shirt which again I don't mind getting paint all over and then I have an old hoodie which um we actually got made for when we did this big River 7 run and it's black and it's big and it's baggy and it's horrible and again it's covered in paint so yeah I am looking quite the part I must admit and we haven't had a washing machine for a couple of weeks that's arriving today so that'll be nice so we've just been wearing pretty much the same clothes yeah it's glorious (laughs) anyway a massive thank you to Keith Charlton and as well to Shane Wilson, who have both signed up to be patrons of the podcast. Nice little Christmas present for me there. So thank you so much, Keith. And thank you very much, Shane, as well. If you like what I do and you want to sign up as well, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash inside try show. And I know that Keith and Mrs. Keith as well often listens whilst walking the dog. And um, yeah, Shane, I know as well from from our old tri club. So thank you so much to both of you. And hopefully I will be keeping you entertained, uh, inspired, whatever, on your training, on your dog walks. um, I don't know, looking after the kids, whatever you are up to. Now, as I did say, coming up, we do have this interview with Adelaide Goodeve, but Before then, I asked on social media recently, given the year of 2020, what has been your favourite episode and why? And I think this really sums up what I love about this podcast, because not many people said the same one, which means that I must be doing an okay thing doing a lot of varied interviews because Jude said she loved the catch-ups with David McNamee during lockdown 
And then we did actually check in with David and we said, David, how much limoncello do you have? Did you did you have a bit over Christmas? And he said he still has five litres of the stuff. So, yes, if you didn't listen at the time, then head back to almost like the beginning of that coronavirus outbreak in Europe. And we caught up every week with David for about eight weeks. Joe, he said he loved Katrina Matthews. Mark said Chrissy because it was just pure, raw emotion felicity said the collaboration with wits up so that was healthy body episode 26 i think thomas also said he enjoyed that one and said that the cody beals interview in that collaboration with wits up was really really shocking which it definitely was but yeah go back and listen to those ones john you enjoyed the one year special with me thank you charlotte i charlotte i'm so with you on this charlotte said luke grenfell shaw is the single most inspiring podcast I have ever heard. Now, we spoke to Luke about a year ago when he was about to set off on his bike from Bristol to Beijing. Then obviously coronavirus happened and he had to change his plans, but then he did set off earlier this summer. And I think I saw he's now in Turkey, which is fantastic. And Luke is living with stage four cancer. He's a young guy in his 20s. And if you have not heard that interview, please do go back and listen to it. It's just so, so powerful. And yeah, really really important words from Luke and I will never forget his words control how you live today Charlotte also said she enjoyed the Renee Kylie episode as did Vesa he said that was very much his favorite so Renee Kylie that was episode nine amazing story from being like overweight smoker to now a professional triathlete uh, have I missed anyone off yes Thomas said he loved Vincent Luis he said it was refreshing and then <laughs> I like this as well the team at stand against MND said we might be a bit biased but actually we really enjoyed the Sam Perkins interview I enjoyed that one as well that was earlier on in August September kind of time so yeah, go back to any of those. Just click on insidetryshow.com forward slash listen and then you can go and find any of those previous episodes. Right, should we crack on? Time for this week's interview. As I said, I thought we could all do with a good start, like a, a fresh, clean start to 2021. And so I wanted to get on Mindset Coach Adelaide Goodeve. She's young, she's sprightly, and she is full of various strategies and tools that we can use to kind of change the way that our brains think a little bit. So sometimes, I don't know if like me, you are very good at my brain wandering. So yes, I work hard and all that kind of stuff, but sometimes, oh my, it can wander or I start doing one thing and get distracted or even in a training session, you know, you let your mind wander. What about in a race? How do you stay focused? What about nerves if you get nervous? So all of these kind of things we talk about and just days when you're actually having a bit of a crap day, you know, what What can we do about it? So hopefully you will enjoy this as much as I enjoyed speaking to Adelaide. Adelaide Goodeve, welcome to the Inside Try Show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here. No, it's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. I think it's a good start to... Um, to a new year which will hopefully be uh, better than 2020 I don't think anything can be um I don't think we're ever going to get a year like that again <laughs> yeah and the thing is and I was like I remember me and my friend it was 2019 and we were saying to each other like 2020 is the year like we're gonna make it and then 2020 hit we're like I'm and there was like a really funny meme going around I can't remember what it was and I sent to her and she's like yep <laughs> what were we thinking <laughs> I was doing like a diary and it was like <laughs> what your what would be in there so um I'm now don't want to jinx <laughs> what okay. will happen for next year because <laughs> who knows it's just crazy so Adelaide can you just just to begin with what is the difference between what you do with coaching and mindset mm-hmm. and a sports psychologist like what what's the kind of key difference yeah, so both aims of what I do and a sports psychologist is to push the athletes' limits to help them achieve their full potential. And also you want to set them up to be positive and resilient when things are going really well and then 
when things are not going very well. So that is my main aim. Now, where I differ from a sports psychologist is I'm coming from a background where I had severe chronic fatigue syndrome for four years. So that's when you literally have no energy. And there's no rhyme or reason for getting chronic fatigue syndrome. And there's also no specific diagnosis for it. So it's not like you have a test and like, oh, this is what you have and this is the medication for it. Um, chronic fatigue syndrome, they don't know what really causes it. It can be a variety of different things. And when you have it, it's as if someone's like taking the battery pack from you and you can't recharge them and you can't replace them. And it's not an energy like if you're hungover, it's not that kind of tiredness. It's like in your bones and... It affects people in different levels as well. So for me, um, at my worst, I could be lying in my bed for days um, in a darkened room and it had to be quiet, wearing specific clothes as well because my senses were also very hyper-aware. So it meant normal daylight, normal candescent light, conversational sounds and certain clothing would be very painful to me. Mm. So I then tried lots of different things. Um, both the Western medicine, I kind of put to one side because when I went to see the specialist at 21 they, he told me I'd have it for the rest of my life and it would get worse and for me I was like well no <laughs> like, that's not an option I want to go on all these crazy adventures and do like I'm 21 I have to live my life um so then I went down the alternative route and then that's when I came across something called the lightning process which is a three-day seminar and they teach you how to rewire your brain for the life you love and it works really really well with those with things like chronic fatigue because it's teaching you when and how you're triggering unhelpful neuropathways. Because when your brain triggers the neuropathways, then the signals travel down, gets triggered. That creates a physical manifestation in your body. Whether you're then feeling like you really, really want something. So if you're addicted to something, you then want it. Or for me, chronic fatigue, chronic pain. So it creates a physical manifestation in your body. And they teach you how to spot it when you're triggering that pathway. And then how to stop that pathway from being activated and strengthened and how to change it so you're then triggering a new pathway that's really helpful to you. Mm-hmm. And then I fully recovered from chronic fatigue syndrome in those three days. So I literally went from barely being able to get out of bed to then walking, running, CrossFit, adventuring. Just from so, effectively like rewiring, just kind of like rewiring brain. your brain. Yeah, exactly. That's all I did. So I'm coming from sports performance from this angle in that if so a lot of athletes ignore the brain and I'm like, you're absolutely crazy because if it's not for the brain sending your body all these intricate commands, you cannot perform. Without the brain, there is no performance. It's kind of like, it is the powerhouse of everything we do. So I come at it from that angle, whereas a lot of other sports psychologists might come at it from a professional athlete angle or university angle. Um, so that's where I tend to differ. Um, and I'm not saying that the other angles aren't as good. I think everyone has brilliant backgrounds to be able to be an incredible sports psychologist. This is just how I came into the, this is just my background and how that affects my teachings as well. So I come in and the fact that you can change very quickly, you just need the right tools and strategies and I can rewire my clients' brains in a session. Um, that's how quick it is. Now, they then have to do the work to make, because to create transformation, you have to be consistent. So then they have to do some work, but we create the biggest transformation in those sessions. Now, in group coaching that I also do is then giving them the mindset strategies and the tools, and then they can apply it to their life as well. And you also can create mega transformation that way. So this is the angle I'm coming at is, and this is a combination of neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, and life coaching kind of put together. And hypnosis is just changing state. So the, my key with any athlete is teaching them how can they change state so they're always in the best state for the task at hand. Because there's no point going into um, a race nervous if it's not going to help you. Some people, they can take the nerves and perform really well. Others fall apart. So I'm always like, you know, is this helping you? Like, I don't care what the other person is doing. Is this helping you? And then if they're like, no, it's like, great. Well, how do you want to feel instead? And then we get them there. So that's like a big chunk of what I do. So that's probably half of it. The other half, and this is where it's completely different to sports psychology, is I use brain endurance training using an app called Soma NPT, Soma Neuro Performance Tech, which is iPhone and iPad only. And just how a PT sets a training plan for the body to get stronger and faster, 
I set a training plan for the brain to get more resilient and more resistant to mental fatigue because mental fatigue is a number one performance stopper. And this isn't just me saying it, this is backed by research, like hundreds and hundreds of papers going back 60 plus years. And every single one comes out saying it's mental fatigue is stopping you from, from performing because it increases your perception of effort. So how hard it feels to push, um, for example, your pedal going around, it's that sensation, like how hard does it feel? Not um, pain, say caused by a pebble, but that sensation of pushing. Um, and when you're tired, that perception increases. So it becomes harder and harder to push your body. Um, it also becomes harder to make decisions. So your then performance decreases. So using brain endurance training, and I track six different data points, I increase the athlete's ability to resist mental fatigue so they can handle a greater capacity for physical and mental loads. So what exactly? So, the hook. Yeah, so, so what is brain endurance training then? Yeah, so brain endurance training is a way it's simply a way to increase mental your resistance to mental fatigue mm -hmm. using these tasks so you're reacting to a audio or physical stimuli and this could be tapping this could be tapping something you now have um it could be an action so a vibration or a color change you now have um, vision so eye movement and you now have voice um, next year you'll be having voice as well so the stimuli can be anything and it doesn't matter if it's a football if it's if it's like a square or a circle or a color change because fatigue is created physical and mental is created in the same area of the brain the prefrontal cortex so if you increase your ability to withstand um, fatigue you're increasing your ability to withstand greater levels of mental and physical fatigue and it's erroneous whether it's a dancing bear a football a bike or something else <laughs> and you can and so then you can literally train it like you would train your I don't know like your leg muscles or something like that yeah so exactly how your muscles need load to become faster to come stronger your brain also needs the same load so it's like a neuro gym you're loading your brain so it's becoming stronger more resilient and more resistant to fatigue just how you would load um your body to become stronger and faster I I think I, I might be mistaken but I think Laura Philip who's a German pro triathlete I remember talking to her because I remember seeing a video that she had done with I think it was her strength uh, strength and conditioning coach but he was using a stick to yeah. make her sort of train her eyes if that makes sense but I think it was yeah. to do with a similar thing with that do you think that'd be right yeah it could be so um vision training is I mean athletes don't realize how key vision training is because um, if your eyes are miss, if one, of, if your brain is suppressing an eye, then things will be further to you or closer to you. So, say you're going for a basketball, uh, you're shooting a basketball, and you have suppression in your eye, you might overshoot because that's what it looks like to you, or you might undershoot. So, vision training is key. And the thing, the technology I use is in an app, but this technology and these tests have been around for years. So that could be one of the tests. It's just now I'm using it in a very portable fashion. So then anyone has access to it. You don't need a stick. Some people have like um, uh, like spotters and they light up in different colors and you have to run and tap them. So you can also incorporate it that way as well. So it's kind of like plyometrics, but with brain endurance training. Um, and some of the, you look at some of the old tests they do and it's like archaic technology. <laughs> and you're like, how is this a thing? And that's why athletes have never really used it because it was so... It looked weird and it was like inconvenient to go and train. But now it's like you can do this from your sofa or on the bike or something. And and how like how much time would you spend doing this, say in a day or in a week? So um, great question. It depends. So it depends on where the athlete is in the season. So whether it's off, pre or in. And it depends. So off-season, that's when you're really hitting them with the training because that's where you make the biggest gains. Pre-season, you're kind of just fine-tuning. And then in-season, in you're just ticking them over. So you don't do that. You do maybe five minutes three times a week in-season, and you don't do anything 48 hours before the race because it will affect your performance. But what it means is when you come to race, you feel like you're flying because there is nothing limiting your training. Or like if you're weightlifting, suddenly you're like, oh my God, this is so easy. Because it's like your brain is on fire. 
Um, it also depends. So I have both pro and amateur athletes doing this. The pros have more training because they have more time um, than the amateurs who have work, brain training, training, and everything else going on. But this is also used by those who don't train. Um, so like Wall Street guys, CEOs, because it's enhancing your focus, concentration, again, mental fatigue, decision-making. So it's really good for surgeons when they're making all of those decisions. Um, and there's papers showing that if they do the brain endurance training, they become less fatigued. So they actually, they perform better in operations. So it's not just for athletes. And is it something that at the very beginning, actually, you would feel really tired from doing it and your brain kind of hurts because we're not necessarily used to doing these kind of exercises yeah so at the beginning it's hard but it doesn't get easier because as it gets as you get better I then make it harder <laughs> just as the PT is like oh great so now you're doing it in this time now do it in that time for you like like a time trial it's like okay you're now doing 5k in this now you can push this pace so it's the same for the brain but I also include you have to include recovery in there um, but sometimes it's funny um if you're an Ironman athlete, then I'll set your 90 minute baseline test. Um, and at the end, you're just like trying to stay awake and you're like, did I miss something? <laughs> or like some people will get so frustrated and I'll be like, ah, and they'll just like chuck the phone because they're just like, this is horrendous. Um, but everyone finds different tasks difficult. Like there's one task, which is um, a number. So one, two, nine flicks up on your screen and you can't react to three. Every time I react to the number three and you're like, ah, like, damn it. And then you're like, okay, I won't react. The next time that you still react, you're like, fuck's sake. Whereas I have a client who's like, this is so easy. And I was like, how are you doing it this quick? Like, first off. So it's like finding the ones which, A, so each task has a different, trains a different strength. So yes, it trains mental fatigue, but it also trains the mental demand of that sport. So if I have an, an Ironman athlete coming to me and they're like, oh, I struggle with focus at the end of a marathon, then all of the training is geared towards that main focus. Um, so, but then if I have an athlete who's more of a football player, then it's a different tr like training plan and different tasks because they're more having to scan, make quick decisions and do more sprint stuff. And what difference does all of this training let's say make for that person who who comes to you saying I struggle towards the end of the marathon in an Ironman like what have they actually said to you then afterwards after that race um yeah so I in the training um I can make them feel like they're doing the marathon so they come at me like and that was impossible when they come to race they knock minutes off I mean if you're looking at any area and you're like I'm really struck I want to gain performance I mean, for pro athletes, you're looking at seconds, minutes. For amateurs, it's like, I just want to be better. And maybe they want to knock time off. This is the biggest area to gain performance, especially for pros, because you can have a really, like, you can have the best physically prepared body ever, but if you've not trained your brain or prepared it for what you're about to do, you're not going to win. And you can see it on the race. Like when we were at Super League Malta and you had the sprint finish between Blumenfeld and Vincent. Blumenfeld could have won that and he has the biggest VO2 max. So on paper, potentially he should have won it. But if your brain isn't as trained or prepared, then you're, you're not going to win. Um, so I have athletes, they knock minutes off. Um, I had a comment from one of them today um, and he's a doctor. And he was saying that his kids were trying to get his attention and he was reading something and they couldn't get his attention because he was focused and zoned them out. He's like, is this a training? I was like, yeah, it comes up in really intriguing in different ways. And one of the main things we'd worked on this time was um, his audio um, reaction wasn't very good. So I just put a ton of audio in. And so he was able to block out, the, like zone that audio out and then concentrate on what he was doing. Um, and same, like he's like, I'm now less tired at the end of the day with my patients. I can make better decisions. Um, and you have all of this constantly coming up or like, oh, I like, I just went for this. Like, sometimes I struggle with my swim. It's cold. It's in the morning. And he's like, I just got in and I went. Oh, and now I knocked off like a minute off my time or something. So, so it's a lot, always it's a lot of it to do with actually focusing the brain on being so present in that moment rather than letting it think of, oh, I'm tired or this is distracting me or I've got that or oh, look, there's someone ahead there and I can't chase them down and that's going to annoy me. Yeah, so with the so with the brain endurance training, it's going to help you focus. It's going to help you 
your brain to to kind of reduce its tendency to wander off. If you're looking at self-talk and changing that, um, you can bring the two together is very powerful because the brain drains training mental is mental fatigue. Like that's the key thing. And then you're training focus agility um, and it'll help you improve there. If you're looking at, okay, when my brain does wander off, what do I need to do? Then that's more the mindset strategies. So the brain endurance training will reduce that tendency, but the mindset strategies will help you if it does go into the, if you do go into the pit, like how do I then get out of it? So I had, um, so I'm, one of your guests earlier was Alan Hofter. Yep. And he's one of my sponsored athletes. And we knocked off in one season up to 40 minutes off his race time for Ironmans. He knocked five minutes off for Norseman. And the key thing for him was changing the self-talk. So instead of focusing on like, oh, I have splits. Like I've got to make each split. That was in Ironman Texas. And I came out and I was like, okay. I was like, did that help you run faster? And he's like, no. So then the following time I was like, okay, what do you need to focus on in order to run as fast as you can? And you don't, and like, we'd already worked on that, but when you come to racing, it's like, okay, where does, where are we still finding challenges or like, where are we not? Um, and then also changing self-talk. So a lot of people will be like, oh, you're, you're going too slow. Oh, you're, he's going to overtake you. Um, with Alan, he had that, but also he, his main aim when he did Northman 2018 was to beat, um, to win. And he went from a 21-minute lead, this was before I was working with him, a 21-minute lead, so he won by just two minutes. And that was when he overtook Lars Christian Vold. He was like, oh, I've done it. Like, what do I? Like, there was nothing pushing him on. Whereas when, in 2019, he his goal, one of his goals, yes, was to win. But his main goal in everything he does in triathlon is to swim, cycle, and run as fast as he can. Because if you complete that, then you've complete then you've increased and maximized your chances to win um you'll get more sponsorship you're like all of the other stuff is going to fall into place so then all of your self-talk all of your actions decisions has to complete that job so if you are thinking you're too tired okay no like stop what do i want to think instead i want to feel energized because when we say i don't want to feel tired i don't want him to overtake me our brain doesn't hear that not it hears tired or overtake and it triggers everything to do with that, both mentally and physically. Um, it's a bit like now if I say to you, like, do not think of Einstein riding a purple elephant, juggling, like, five green cats. And immediately your mind's like, okay, what does this look like? Oh, okay, this is what she doesn't want me to think about. But by that point, we've, tri we've triggered everything for tiredness. And we've I strengthened have that have a weird cat away. thing in my head of juggling, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's strange. And that's how the brain works with everything we say. So when we say stress, tired, anxiety, like we don't want to feel any of these things, it's triggering all of that response. So when you're racing, your self-talk has to be on point so you can push yourself to the max. Because if you're saying like, oh, you're going too slow, then you're going to go too slow. So what kind of stuff should we be saying? Productive, powerful, positive language. Like that is the key thing. So if you are saying, I'm too tired, stop. And by saying stop, once you've recognized that unhelpful phrase, if you say stop or pause, um, and some people find it, if English is your first language, that works. Sometimes it's better to do it in your second language, and your it's better to do it in your first language, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and by saying that, you're stopping the signal traveling further down the neuro pathway. So it literally, kind of middle you... of the race, kind of you. Let's say you're on the bike, and you yeah. say you could say out loud or in your head, stop. Yeah, and you're that signal will stop and will stop being traveling down and triggering everything. And then you're like, okay, what do I want to feel instead? Okay. I want to feel strong, powerful, determined. Great. And then you might have, um, like key focus points. So when I create a mental game plan with my athletes, it's like, okay, what is the key thing you need to focus on in the cycle to cycle as fast as you can? So it might be, um, like aerodynamics. So then you have a key phrase, like head down. So it's like, stop, I want to feel this. Okay, head down, head down. The best way to change state is to take yourself to a time when you felt those things really powerfully and just immerse yourself in that story. And just by saying, like, I'm feeling the feelings of power, I'm feeling the feelings of energy, of strength, I feel it coursing through my body. And by giving it the energy, I mean, if you're saying these things, you're like, I want to feel energy. 
you're not going to feel energy. <laughs> and I have people doing this. Like, I want to, like, they'll be like, oh, I don't feel tired anymore. I want to feel energized. I'm like, okay. I was like, well, I don't feel energized by that sentence. So you have to align your voice and your tone and your pace with how you want to feel. And that's that comes nicely links in with the uh, Simon Marshall and Leslie Patterson and the, that idea of taking on a, a race day persona for example. So you become almost another character completely. And that is you on race day. It's not necessarily you day to day, but when you are in that race, you are this other character who thinks like you are saying. Yeah. And the first step to like becoming your best is to thinking like your best. So if your persona is this like awesome superhero race person, then you have to think like that person to become it. Um, and that honestly comes down to language and how you talk to yourself. So if you want to feel energized, like say it, like I feel energized, I feel it coursing through my body. Like I've got this, I'm doing this, like I'm going really fast. Like the other people, like I'm leaving them behind because I'm just like zooming in front, like all of this stuff, like say it to yourself and you'll start to pick yourself up. Um, and your body will start to, like you'll start to experience these changes in your body as it feels it's becoming more energized as that's what you're telling your brain is happening. I'm feeling I'm feeling excited now Adelaide for 2021 you've got me (laughs) awesome (laughs) what about nerves because that's quite a different kettle of fish um pre-race nerves let's go yeah pre-race nerves so yeah that's an interesting one um I work so I had this uh weightlifter ring me up once and she was freaking out the night before the competition and I was like, okay. I was like, well, how do you want to feel instead? Like, how would you really love to feel? She's like, I want to feel calm, confident, and that I'm going to, like, freaking smash it. And I was like, great. So I was like, let's get you into those states. And that's what you have to do. Because something like, like, how, like, just asking yourself, like, no one ever, like, when you're nervous, you just get stuck in the story of nervousness. And it's so unhelpful. So again, use the stop. Like, and also, actually, I should have mentioned this earlier. It's really important when you're talking to yourself to say you're doing emotions or you're doing this thing. Because when you're saying like, I have nerves or I am nervous, there is no alternative. Like you are stuck, it's stated as a fact, which is totally not true. And also we often talk as if our emotions are objects, which again is not true. They're not an object. We can't pick them up and put them in our bento box or put them in our swim bag. It's just not the case. So we have to start realizing that we are doing all of these emotions. And if we're doing one unhelpful thing, then we can very easily and quickly do one helpful thing. So the first is be like, okay, I'm doing nervousness. Like, what would I really love to do instead? Okay, I want to feel calm. I mean, the first step to feeling calm is using the breath. Because when you're breathing very slowly out, you cannot you cannot do those nervousness feelings. Um I like box breathing for this. I think it's the best thing an athlete can do. So box breathing is when you're literally kind of drawing a box with your breath. So you inhale for a count. So if you're new to meditation and box breathing, you might like to start with a count of three or four. So you inhale, one, two, three. You hold, one, two, three. You exhale, one, two, three. And then you hold one, two, three. And by doing the count and by focusing on the breath, you are turning on your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest system. And that is a system you need to feel calm. And it's really important to not only enter that state before a race, but throughout, I mean, on a day-to-day basis, because often we get stuck in this fight or flight mode, which is very unhelpful. So I get my athletes to do box breathing in the evening and the morning. Some people like doing things like headspace and calm. I like them. It's great if you're new to this. Sometimes I find their uh, language challenging because they'll say, the first thing they'll often say is like, oh, let go of your stress. And I'm like, oh, like where was I stressed in the day? <laughs> That's where my, my mind goes. I like box breathing because they can't pollute your experience. And also what's great with box breathing is once you practice it, you're then strengthening those neural pathways for calm, relaxation. So you can enter that state very easily and quickly. 
And that means that when you come to in racing and maybe even before a swim, when all of your other competitors are maybe doing nervousness, kind of freaking out, you are just able in that moment to just do your box breathing. Your brain knows it. It enters the calmness really quick. And it's also priming your body because you're increasing oxygen consumption. So when you then, when it goes off, you've also primed your body for instant action. So you're not, some meditations will make you so calm, relaxed, you're kind of sleepy. This trains focus, concentration, and recovery. So that's where it's very powerful. If you combine it with biennial beats, then you're like on a whole nother level. And that changes your brainwave, so it enters you into a calm and relaxed state. And there are apps that do this. I really like um, Soma Breathe, which is the free app with the software I use. Anyone can download it on Apple. That's the one I really like because it's got the biennial beats and the box breathing, and you can just kind of chill out and tune into that. Um, so that's the breath is the best way always to change state to a calm state. And then obviously with your language, like I'm feeling calm and relaxed. And take yourself, another great to use visualization and storytelling. So to take yourself, to a time when you felt really calm and relaxed. So maybe it was at a spa or maybe it was when you were meditating or another time um, when you just felt super calm, super relaxed and you're just there and you're like, you already feel the waves like just crashing over you of relaxation. You're like, Oh my God, I'm there. And that's a great way to enter a calm state. Oh, this is, this is very useful. So much useful stuff. What about, Adelaide, 2020, as we discussed mm-hmm. at the very beginning, has obviously been very, so difficult. And the mm. brain has been like just whizzing at 110 miles an hour with one moment you're thinking about this, another moment you're thinking about mm. this. How can you actually kind of be in that moment so if you've got a training session, you're nailing that training session and you're not thinking about all those external things. Yeah, that's a great question. To be present is what everyone wants and it's always can be challenging. Um, the best way, again, I keep saying it is self-talk. The first thing you do is literally leave everything behind. So you can literally kind of picture yourself gathering up all of those thoughts and literally like throwing them in a box that you can come back to later or that you don't have to. Because our brain uses visualization, uh, uses visuals, videos, photos, uh, not photos, um, pictures to store information. So if you change the way stuff is looks in your brain, you change the way it is wired and thinks about stuff. So if you literally see yourself like gathering all of those thoughts that are kind of whizzing around and chuck them in a box and shut it and padlock it, your brain is like, oh, that's not important anymore, great. So that's one way is literally put everything in a box. So would you almost do that? Let's say you've got a, yeah, a turbo a session and you do yeah. that before you get on the turbo session. Yeah, literally put it in a box. Um, and you can have the box might look like maybe it's a cardboard box. Maybe I've had people have like treasure, tra- treasure chests, um, like really old school trunks, um, wooden boxes. So it can be any, your box can be anything you like. Um, and if you're like, oh, it keeps opening up and they keep popping out. Okay. Well put like, um, one of those, you know, in the road runner, the coyote, like those anvils would drop on them, Put like a freaking anvil on your box and then it can't open. <laughs> and it sounds really bizarre, but that honestly is a really great way to get rid of thoughts. The other way is just to hit pause. Um, so see the thoughts, hit pause, slow them down. Um, you can, um, journaling, just brain dump everything before a session, just write it all down and then just leave it and just do it for later. Um, the other one you can do is literally kind of open a door and walk through it, close it, leave everything else behind you, do your turbo session. So these are different ways. They sound weird. They work. Trust me that will stop those thoughts. The other is to set an intention for your training session. So how do you want to feel and what do you want to do in your training session? What are the like one to three key focus points for this training session? So if it's a turbo, like what do you need to focus on? Is it water every 10 minutes? Is it snacks every 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever your 20 minutes, whatever your plan is? Is it like what techniques do you need to focus on? And then create an anchor word. So maybe it's nutrition, drink, head down if you're an arrow. Um, Maybe uh, it's sprint, so then you've got to go fast and then go slow. So then it could be breath because you know you've got to breathe. Um, 
so create anchor words. So then when your mind is wandering off, you have these anchor words to come back to. Um, if you're swimming, it could be catch, shallow kicks. So then when your mind wanders, it's like shallow kick, shallow kick, shallow kick, shallow kick. And then that's bringing you to the present. You're also then focusing on techniques, so your performance will increase. And these, that like simple technique of just having an anchor word, I've had people knock minutes off their time, seconds off the next day. Um, so that's a really great technique. Set the intention, have the anchor words, dump your thoughts before. They're probably the three best ones to be present. Um, and would the yeah, same be, the what about in a, in a race, if you're, again, if you're, I don't know, on the, on the marathon leg, or maybe you're doing an ultra run or something like that, and your mind starts wandering, would you use those same techniques then, or is it a bit different during an actual race? Um, so during a race, um, so obviously you can't take a journal with you and sit down and start writing. <laughs> So don't, don't do that one. I wouldn't recommend that one. Um, anchor words are so key to this. No, um, and having an intention for the race. Um, so knowing what, I call it the job, but some, like, if you're an amateur athlete, they're like, I don't want to think of triathlon as like, or running as my job. That sounds awful. So either your job or your performance statement. So that, like, why, like, what do you have to do? Like, what process do you have to fulfill to do, to, to do this because often we go into the pit when we're not fulfilling our goal and often people set time goals and like oh I want to get a podium I want to do it in under in sub three sub four whatever it is sub 12 Ironman now the problem is if you're in a race and you think you're not going to make it whether that's correct or not you're going to go into the pit and that's where we have a lot of problem that's where we become distracted but if your goal, if you're running an ultra race, is to run as fast as you can, to run as enjoyably as you can, to run with the most positive mindset as you can, um, what else have I ever, what else have clients said? Um, to run or to swim, swim cycle and run as economically as possible. Uh, cyclist is to cycle as powerfully and ergonomically, I think, as possible. I've had those ones. So all of a sudden, everything you're doing in your race is to succeed in that area um so maybe it's like actually i just want to do it to achieve my full potential uh, but then you've got to think hey when i'm racing what are the key things i have to do to complete that and you only want a maximum of three no uh yeah three if it's an ironman i'd say one per discipline and then maybe one in a in t1 or t2 um in an ultra again it's just three things because if you have more than that it's too much for your brain yeah. and then it's like having an anchor word for each one so in an ultra if it's worried about um just uh not finishing or just being knackered and having to walk lots yeah so then that's fine it's like okay so walking as economically as possible so then you have walk you might have like um swinging your arms could be one um so swing arms or um like light feet and so you have those anchor words. So again, once you get distracted, you bring yourself back to those anchor words. That's really, really key. Um, I have some people, so before a session, it's like, hey, how do you want to feel throughout the entire race? And they're like, I really want to feel, um, I had a paraclimber competing in the World Championships. I want to feel calm. So we did a visualization. We rewired her brain for calmness in competition. And we attached that to blue. So you can attach feelings to things like objects or colors, like how you um, smell sun cream. You're like, oh my God, that was like my holiday in Barbados. Or you hear a song, you're like, oh, that was like when I was 18 and clubbing at university. You do that with feelings. So a feeling you can connect to, you can connect to a song or you can connect to um, a color in this case or an object like wetsuit trainers. So then she had a bracelet for blue. So when she saw the bracelet, she was like, oh, I'm so calm. Um, music is another key one because I know a lot of athletes use music and the one thing I will say on this it makes a big difference what song you choose um, Alan and I knew use um, 2018 Northman chose till I collapse the problem with this by Eminem is it saying that you will collapse <laughs> you don't want that in a race so we changed that one to I think something like stronger better faster um, I had a paraclimber recently she had what did she have she had a song it was very similar to like it was like till I collapse and I was like, and then she changed it to like Imagine Dragons. 
and her it was just like oh my god this is like the best song because now I'm feeling the feelings of like pumped up and things so when you're choosing songs for ultras um for some extras you can have music choose songs with the right language because it's gonna make a difference Shakira all the way Adelaide I'm just telling yeah you. just just putting it out there Shakira I was um rapping uh, rapping dancing to um Waka Waka there you go trip earlier <laughs> <laughs> I think it's such a good song <laughs> blast from the past <laughs> are there any techniques that you've tried that haven't worked um that's a great question there probably are um so techniques i've done with clients sometimes don't work um or they create transformation be like i wanted more and that tends to be where that um where the feeling is coming from so what do i mean by this is that when you say i'm doing nervousness it's just a simple feeling the problem is is that if you're um Okay, I'll, use, I'll do it through a story. Um, I'll use Alan again because I can talk about him. So he believed he couldn't swim. Like, he was a slow swimmer. And, and we tried, like, normal stuff, self-taught, like the anchor words. Didn't make much of a difference. And that's because we realized it wasn't only a feeling. It could have been a belief. And if you just change a feeling, it doesn't change the belief. Yep. Now, the problem is, is that if it is an identity then if you change a belief, it's still part of who you identify with. So again, I'm not going to create any change. So then we did a technique, um, which is like very powerful. It's called timeline therapy. So everyone has a timeline. Um, whether you know it or not, you all have a timeline. And if you change how you see an event and how you feel an event back in time and bring it forward, you're changing your timeline um, and how you feel about something. Because the brain doesn't differentiate between what's real and what's imaginary. Give a concrete example. Say you think you're stupid. Like, this is a belief I've had a had client to me. Like, they honestly thought they were. And I was like, this is insane. And that's because they were told it from a child. And so to survive, they were like, okay, well, if I'm stupid, then that's all I have to do. It's like, that's all I'll ever be. And to survive that situation, that's they just went through exams. being like, well, if I try, then I get told off because I'm not clever. So if I don't try, then I don't get told off because they know I'm not clever. So that's that was the belief that they had because it was formed at a very small age when they just did what they needed to do to survive. And then it never grows up. It's isolated because they use the same technique over and over again. It's like, okay, well, this is working. And it never grows up with us. So for Alan, it was like, I'm a slow swimmer. And that's because when we went into his timeline, he learned to swim when he was 21. And it wasn't the best experience. And so from then on, he's like, I'm a slow swimmer. Like, that's it. And so I started to be like, well, what's your, like, how does your time compare? And he's like, oh, well, yeah, I'm actually quite fast if I'm comparing myself to the pros of Kona. And I was like, well, yeah, you're like a solid in the middle, like towards the upper end. And he's like, oh, maybe I'm not. And so we went back in time to that um, point. And I was like, okay, how do you, like, what do you need to give yourself in this moment to handle the situation better? And you're looking at it from an outside perspective because when we're in it, it's either can be a very challenging situation. We don't want to be back in there. Um, and it's too subjective because we're putting our feelings into it. Whereas if it's like, oh, if you're a pigeon flying overhead, like what do you think they need? And it's like, oh, they need like more self-love and more compassion. So then you're giving them that. And then you bring it through the timeline, all of this self-compassion, this self-love and this whole new belief. And so when they come to it, they're like, they then have all, all of the different events from that time to this has now been flooded with self-love and compassion. So then when you come to the present, the brain is like, wow, I had all of the self-love and compassion. Like I'm like, I'm a fast swimmer. So it's really powerful how you can start to change, change things to change your belief around stuff. Um, and to create change when it's at a night, you have to know where is it coming from? And we can do this at home with like affirmations and things and visualization boards and daily habits in the morning and evening to reaffirm like I am becoming this mate like I am a really amazing athlete and repeating it to yourself it's a takes a bit longer but it's going to get you believing that because your brain doesn't differentiate between what's real and what's imaginary so if you're lying to yourself you're like I'm a super fast woman you're like oh my god I'm so like in reality maybe your times are slow 
But it doesn't matter because would you rather choose to believe you're a slow swimmer or a fast swimmer? Fast swimmer is much more fun. So say it to yourself. And when you start thinking you're a fast swimmer, you're going to think more like a fast swimmer. So you will become a faster swimmer. That makes sense. Yeah, I am a I I like to see myself as a positive person. So I'm listening to this and I'm like, yes, I'm loving the positive talk. I, I, I really do like it. Are there days, Adelaide, when you just, even you, despite all the techniques and everything... Because I am so amazing, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you just have a really crap day like all of us. What? How do you get through a crap day? We all have crap days. Yeah, so, so when we think about um, emotions and feelings, I always think, like, okay, what is helpful? Like... The world is too black and white. It, the world isn't that black and white even. We're not positive and negative. And we have, um, these emotions are labeled as positive and negative. And I know I say you have to have positive language, but that, that is true. Um, but some emotions shouldn't be labeled as negative if they are right for that situation. Because if you're sad, like using an extreme example, if you're at a funeral, it's not negative for you to feel sad and to grieve. It becomes negative, I guess, when, well, it becomes negative when you're stuck in that space for maybe six months and your life is starting to fall apart. That's when it's becoming negative. But in that moment, it's not. So what I tell my athletes and what I try and tell everyone is that you don't want to think of emotions as positive and negative, but what is helping you right now? Is it unhelp? Like, if you are having a crap day, like, is feeling... Um, frustrated helping you and often when you ask answer that question you're like no okay feeling frustration stress is not helping me it's like okay great what can you do instead to change state to feel something more helpful and what what do you want to feel instead and I mean with the like I feel tired sometimes or stressed and it's like okay just stop do I like I'm creating this emotion okay what do I want to do instead and I'm I have more freedom to to do stuff because I work for myself and I manage my own time. So if at 12 p.m. I'm like, this is like, I'm just, this is not helping me. Like I have brain fog, I feel stressed, I'm tired, or I'm doing all of these things. Okay, what do I need to do instead? I just know what, I need to go for a nap. So I'll go for a 90 minute nap. Um, so it's always thinking, okay, is this helping me? No. And sometimes you're like, you know, I just want to have a pity party. Like, yes. Like feeling shit about myself is helping me right now. And that's totally fine. But it's when we stay in that space for a long period of time, that's when it's a problem. So you want to just think, hey, is this helping me? What can I do instead? So I had one of my boot camp members. She was like, oh, it was just off to a crap morning. So I went for a walk and I felt amazing after I took some pictures and was present. And it's like, that's so perfect. And like, that's you mastering your mind because you're coming present to the fact, okay, this is an emotion I'm doing. It's not helpful. How can I change this? I can go for a walk. Like, that's amazing. Another one, um, he came back and he had like had a full-on day. He was like, usually I go for Netflix and gym. He's like, I meditated for like 20 minutes and went to bed. He's like, it was bliss. And it's like, okay, amazing. Like, you're now becoming present to like, okay, what is going to help me feel how I want to feel? You know, Netflix and gym, not going to help, but this is. So you can start to be like, okay, when I'm having or doing bad days, because as much as we like to think people cause us and things cause us to feel certain ways, they don't, we make them up by ourselves. So once you become present to what you're doing and how you're feeling, you can then start to change it. So you can do something more and more helpful to you, whether it's meditating for a minute, having a cup of tea, having a chocolate, going for a run, like it can be anything, like nothing is off bars, nothing is embarrassing, like you can do anything you want as long as it's gonna help you change state to a more positive one for you. I'm in a positive mood now. This is a great start to the year. So thank you so, <laughs> awesome. so much. It's and um, yeah, we'll put links to the show notes and everything like that for everything that you're up to because I know you have a very busy year ahead in 2021. So yeah, we will link to fun. that in the show notes. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been super. Thanks for listening to the Inside Try Show. If you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything, then reach out to Helen on Instagram or Twitter at Inside Try Show.
So let us know what you thought of the interview. Hopefully you found it useful. I certainly did. And hopefully it has got you off to a positive start. And if you're hearing any banging at the moment, by the way, that is just this DIY going on in this house. OK, so apologies for that. But yeah, you can um, check out everything that Adelaide does over on her website. All of the links are in the show notes over at InsideTryShow.com and you'll find that episode there you can also check out adelaide adelaide adelaidegoodeve.com as well and she's doing like mindset boot camps and things like that so yeah it is all in the show notes along with information and discounts from all of the different people who support inside try show so first of all shout out to 33fuel.com now it was very funny when we had our mince pie and mulled wine meet up before Christmas. Erica from 33fuel.com was very, very excited and did a bit of a giveaway. And then she decided that everyone who turned up should be getting a bar as well. So she sent everyone a bar. And I know that Joe has said, oh my goodness, why did I wait so long to taste these things? They are amazing. So the protein bars and the energy bars genuinely are delicious. It's like a, a cross between sort of Christmas cake, but almost something that you can chop up and have with a coffee so regardless of whether you're using it out on a hike or whatever if you just want a bit of a healthier snack during the day as well it's incredible so 33fuel.com use the code inside try 33 and you will get a discount at checkout confuel.co.uk you might not want chocolate at the moment, but you might be wanting different energy products to fuel your training. You might be wanting precision hydration to if you're wanting some electrolytes and things like that. So they do a whole range of different products and you can get a whopping 20% off everything over at comfuel.co.uk. James is super, super nice. The team are fantastic and just use the code inside try for 20% off at comfuel.co.uk. And then resilient nutrition, long range fuel, OMG. The gingerbread, the gingerbread calm nut butter is off the scale. And also they do chocolate nut butter, they do cashew, they do keto stuff, they do almond things. They are just incredibly amazing, fully delicious nut butters, which you can have if you're working at home, you can have them out in sachets if you're out on a long ride, a long hike, anything like that. And you'll get a discount, 10% off with the code INSIDETRY10. Seriously, it is delicious. It's not like your sun part. This is like quality, scientific nut butters to improve your performance and also bring you calmness as well, which I think we could all do with a little bit of that. So yeah, all of the links to those different products and companies are in the show notes, insidetryshow.com and just follow the links for discounts and things like that. I want to say as well, uh, listener Rich, I think you are also moving house at the moment. So good luck to you. It's pretty stressful, isn't it? Poof. I don't know if it was, it wasn't actually too stressful at the time. It's just, even when you get in, then there's everything that, well, everything that needs doing. Our lovely previous owners left us so much crap that we had two skips to fill. Two skips. So that was what we did in the run up to Christmas and then after Christmas as well. So yeah, lots and lots of jobs. Training wise, well, let's say minimalist or the minimum I have been ticking over very much. Um, so I've tried to either get on the bike or go out for a run for, I don't know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes most days, and then still a little bit of um, of yoga as well. But DIY has been the priority, but hopefully, 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 fingers crossed, um, from the 11th of January, I am going to get my butt kicked a little bit. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to getting back into a routine the pools are shut in Wales so we can't swim and we aren't allowed um you have to go from your house to exercise as well so what I'm trying to say is I can't go cold swimming cold swimming cold open water swimming again either so we have to wait for for that joy of getting back in the pool getting back in the water but then when it does happen it's going to be pretty special isn't it so I shall look forward to that and in the meantime it's going to be lots of yoga 
and then running and biking and some strength work as well i think that's the plan can't wait honestly bring it on cannot wait keep me posted on what you are up to again apologies if the sound is a little bit different today hopefully by i don't know over the next few weeks a few more things will be sorted um but yeah let's see how we get on anyway it's good to be back thank you as ever for listening look after yourself look after those around you and we will speak again next week and over the next few weeks we've got mark beaumont coming on we've got sarah true and we have Georgia Taylor-Brown and Jess Learmonth as well. They are all recorded. So yeah, you've got some good stuff to look forward to. Right, take care. Speak soon. Bye. Podcast Network.